1: JSC has closed its doors for another day so it's time for the five o'clock shadow and as it's Tuesday it's the double-header dream team edition. Tonight we have David Shapiro from Sassel Securities, Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. Gentlemen and I'll start with you Viv if I may. The only real corporate news that came out was a trading statement from Sassel that was for the six months to the end of December. The market didn't like it or market participants didn't like it because at the moment I'm looking at it's around about seven percent weaker on my delayed screen but it was about 9% down on the opening. What was the issue there, Viv, if you've had a look at it?
0: Uh, Yeah, look, I mean, they are flagging operational challenges, uh, saying articles, uh, lower chemical prices, uh, higher energy costs, and, uh, you know, I actually have a few clients that actually are are social work uh, employees, and I was saying to them, you know, are we Price that you, you're doing badly because of the whole situation with regards to you know uh, energy costs being high. And he was saying, like, you know, yeah, it's true that the, you know energy prices are high, but uh, they are having real difficulty transporting stuff around this country. You know, in terms of some of the stuff that they produce and trying to move from one plant to another, etc it's really difficult. And getting stuff out of the country at the moment is a huge issue with the, the rail services, especially.
1: I don't think it's just rail, is it? They also transport by truck in those big tankers, I I would have thought. Or maybe
0: that's the retail end going from the refinery the, to, yeah, to I mean, the garages then, then talk, he was talking about basically what he, he does at, 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 like he used to have multiple trains and like 35 wagons per train so you can imagine the kind of volumes they were moving you know what i mean and and now he's down to a single train with like i think 20 wagons uh and and that is uh the kind of situation and also said basically when they're shipping overseas because they've had so many delays in regards to things like cable theft and other things stopping the shipments by rail that the shipping companies, because you know you'll miss the boat literally if you if you are late. Uh, uh, the, I, I actually treating Sassel as an unreliable shipper, you know. So that, that's a lot of problem defining finding at the moment.
1: Okay, David, your take on Sassel, because we've always said in the past we said okay, there are three factors here. Number one is the dollar rand exchange rate. Well, the uh-huh. level of the round uh-huh. against a number of currencies. That's the first one. Second is the price of oil. Third is the price of chemicals. There are, of course, extraneous issues, like the one that Viv has just flagged there, the logistical yeah. nightmare that is South uh-huh. Africa. Uh, but there's also acquisition policies like Lake Charles and boardroom shenanigans uh-huh. and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. But over time, it's those three
2: factors I mentioned
1: first, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I did a rough calculation. And when I say rough, last year, when I, I'm talking 21, so for the six months to um, December 21, the oil price, I got an average of 76, and I got an average rand of about 1480, and this is very rough. I just I took the two extremities and got a midpoint. And then I said, okay, what happened in the next six months? Well, the oil price was between 114 and 82, which gave about a 98 average oil price, and then the rand was about 1650. So there was a significant benefit that they would have received last year. I'm talking about the 22 year uh, versus the 21 year. I mean something like 30 percent, 40 percent, and all of that was offset by the stuff that Viv highlighted. You know, the uh, South African issues, mining, the quality of the coal, productivity, uh, supply chain, rail performance, couldn't get in, couldn't get it, couldn't get their uh, stuff on the boats, and so on. And I think this is becoming more pronounced now. Every result that's coming out now, we're learning what load shedding and what inefficiencies has caused this country. And, you know, it's no wonder that the Reserve Bank have downgraded growth to 0.3% this year from, I don't know, one8 or something. I mean, it's now coming out. And it was uh, Hudco didn't hold back their words. Arsenal in the Middle have exposed it. Shoprite told you what the cost of uh, diesel is, and so on. You know, for uh, for load shedding, for putting yes. in the generators. And and I think every day now we're learning the you know what what the government inefficiencies and lack of control or lack of application have caused this economy. So yes, we've got a mining job now and. You know, we're putting up our PowerPoint presentations and making all claims, but um, Lindsay, this is—you um, know—this is this highlights exactly what it's cost uh, SA industry.
1: Yeah, and on that note, Viv, there's a State of the Nation address. On Thursday, Mr Ramaphosa is going to stand up there. In the good old days, there'd be a bit of a kerfuffle before and it would be delayed by 45 minutes because of a certain other political parties causing the delay through bad behaviour. But this year, I think, it will be a more sober affair. If you had to say to him, right, my top three priorities, Mr President, that you must highlight at Sona are going to be what, Viv? Uh, firstly, try
0: and get somebody reasonable to the cabinet. You know, the level of incompetence, <laughs> the level of... of- you know, because he obviously uh, doesn't have. Incompetence right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, incompetence. And yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, the, the competence is. It's, 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 what's that effect? It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect, you know what I mean? Some people are just so incompetent, they don't know why they, that they're that they incompetent, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the, the confidence of, of some of these people out there, like you've seen the, the kerfuffle about the tourism sector, and I'm sure you've heard about that. Uh, you know, trying to sponsor Tottenham for a billion runs. And the fact that we're we fired about it, uh, the uh, head of the tourism school, Sir Bobby like it was almost like, you know, Offended that people question why he would do something. You know what I mean? Obviously, we know what we're doing. It's like, you know, it's uh, it, it's, uh, it's it's that kind of stuff. It's the fact that you know, uh, I think I saw something recently where one of the ministers, uh, I think it was going to be uh, Gudrun Tasha, taking credit for stuff policies that he was trying to actually fight at the time they were implemented. So the policies basically, I think, were around power generation at uh, you know by independent power producers, and he was fighting. They would happen and now. It's pointing out how successful those plans have been even though he was the guy opposing them, uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, even even people that are like not corrupt, I mean, like the perfect God is probably not corrupt, from what we know. It doesn't mean that just because you're not corrupt doesn't mean you're good at your job. There needs to be a revamp, and there needs to be somebody under the age of, I would say 55, <laughs> you know, <laughs> appointed. Uh, I, 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 look, I mean, uh, 55 is the, the retirement age in Africa. You can retire, you can convert your retirement to a living and duty at the age of 55. Let's have somebody that doesn't qualify for that yet. You know, some few a couple of people don't don't qualify for that particular age thing in the parliament. That's number one, and then I think obviously, you know, uh, actually implement policies that were meant to be implemented actually do the things. But if he doesn't have ministers that you can trust to do the job, everything else falls apart.
1: I didn't figure you as being an ageist, Viv, you know, all the experience that this person of 55 plus has gleaned over the years. And don't forget 55, at least in certain countries where I live, for example, 55 is the new 45, which is why I don't worry about being uh, at an advanced stage. I mean, look up Shapiro for goodness sake. (laughs) If you miss him, you'd think he was 50. Um, David, (laughs) uh, Viv has highlighted get someone decent in the cabinet and I've always made right. the point that I don't think there's a succession plan, I don't think there's a no. political pipeline no. of young people no. that want to go into politics no. because it's not, I don't know, it's just it's no. a horrible word to use, but it's, it's not sexy David
2: No, the people who go into politics in this country do so because it gives them an opening to um, grab the assets of whatever they're in charge of and <laughs> steal and self-enrich um and that's 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 been the issue so the whole political infighting is all about controlling uh, um, the, the purse strings of this country um they do it in slightly more subtle way in other words once you're in charge and you have a Uh, an office in the top floor, you know, you can now allocate the resources. You can say we're going to buy from XYZ, who happens to be my auntie's cousin's daughter, you know, those kind of stories. And I think this is the big suspicion over this Tottenham Hotspur uh, contract, that somewhere along the line there's uh, some self-enrichment in the issue of this contract. You know, there's always that suspicion. And whatever we do, uh, there's a concern about it. And I think, you know, you asked three policies. I think, I think the two of them have been highlighted in the SESL results. You know, the, uh, number one is load shedding uh, energy. Without energy, you can't drive a country. And secondly, this transnet debacle about not being able to get your goods to the harbor. Uh, to, to ship them. And this applies to all our coal exporters, uh, all the base metal exporters like Kumba. And, and for me, the third is industrial policy. And you know, I just to make sure that, that, uh, if we are going to open up like mining policy now, which we've promised to do at the mining in all but just make sure there's no, there's nothing attached. There's no political issues attached. You know, because it always comes with a, um a whole lot of strings attached you know mm-hmm. it's it, it, which are politically motivated, and you 're not going to get further you know if there 's anything that puts people off it's it 's um having to be bound by a whole lot of rules and regulations uh, it 's hard enough mining as it is it 's a uh, difficult you know to have to be bound by by so many different kinds of regulations which are politically motivated just keeps people from oh no. We'll go somewhere else. And there are hundreds of other countries in which you can go.
1: Yes, you're quite right. They really are. The cost of being in South Africa uh, must also be weighed up against the opportunity cost of not putting the Mm. money that you put in South Africa elsewhere. Just unlike Spurs' story, I must say congratulations to the Daily Maverick because their journalists exposed this before it became public knowledge. And that's what drove the deal away. I know I have to say there was a chap on Twitter and he's a very earnest man. And he said he put out this thing. If you had a billion rand, where would you put it? And, you know, he wanted some reasoned answers, you know, I'd I'd, um, help um, fund Eskimo. And I put out, my answer was sponsor Arsenal. And that didn't go down very well. Otherwise, you take it very seriously over there or my following doesn't have a sense of humour. OK, Eskom has to be tackled. Um, it it has to be mentioned. And Viv, is there anything more he can say? Is there anything more that can be said that hasn't already been said? Anything to give the South African populace a shred of
0: optimism? Look, I mean, uh, it's it's always a technical thing, but it's it's something I think that we aim for. And everyone's going to get there eventually. Everyone in the world is going to aim towards having a, a more sophisticated grid, a, a grid that's able to basically take power to and from your household, too, because obviously you consume, but sometimes you actually produce in the new environment. And that smart grid stuff, I think, is, is important to do. There needs to be a splitting of escrow to the power generation, to the grid uh, entity, and the grid entity needs to have a mandate to get to a smart grid situation where, you know, if you put solar up or you have uh, your own facilities, when times are tough, you're basically able to to page into the grid, that kind of stuff. It's happening in the US. I've seen it, uh, you know, in California and so on. Uh, and I think that is something that obviously is longer term. But it it shows that at least we're thinking not just about clearing this current uh, you know backlog, but trying to do something in the future that's going to get us into a point where uh, you know maybe we're not just going to you know be back to where we should be. Maybe we're going to leave leapfrog fro- to the next uh, step, you know, with a smart grid.
1: Yeah, David. How many years will it be, do you think, before the uh, ghost of load shedding is laid
2: to rest? I I don't know. You know, I I don't know the issues and no one can tell you. I mean, the cost of of repairs, I mean, the fact that we've now, uh, in the situation we are, and, you know, it's no more load, uh, you know, stage two or one or three. We're at four, five and six. You know, every day, Lindsay, that's six to eight hours, I think even more that we're without, um, without power. And eventually it just grinds you down, it grinds the economy down. So something has to be done, and yet they haven't got an answer. I don't think Cyril's got an answer. I think he hasn't appeared, and Viva correct me, I don't know for how long he has not appeared publicly talking about the issue. In fact, I don't know when the last time he appeared in front of anybody, you know, and, and trying to explain the situation. I think State of the Nation, will be the first time in months um i you know, so that's how you know that that's that's this is the president this is the man in charge so i think it highlights exactly you know where he is he's nervous to get in front because he'll be castigated and just you know attacked verbally and, uh, and 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 so on but i think that that explains so much about uh, about where we are so yeah you know, you know I just look outside here, my, I'm in call it drive here and for weeks now the robots here haven't worked, you know, whether there's load shedding or not. And it just gives you the kind of state that we're in. This is a this is a, a major artery in Johannesburg and every day, you know, the people here. You just see them at each robot, just stop, wait, look around, go, you know. Anyway. It's a sad situation. It's, it's, it's it, unbelievable. Very sad, yeah. Yeah. But well, to, to put one fact here, yeah, the homeless people
0: have taken real control over, like, the major intersections. You go to Santa Drive today, I was going past, and, 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 and it happens all the time with the social A homeless person gets in and starts directing traffic. Uh, you know, obviously, there people tip as well along the way, but it, wasn't, it was even a reasonable job. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 one of the things to think about South Africa is that people find a way here. It, it is a, a disaster from many points of view. And as David mentioned, not just the fact that load sharing is a three, four, and five, it's the fact that load sharing is continuous. I don't yeah. remember the last day. Yeah. I think Christmas yeah. Day was the last day we had no load sharing. And before that, it was continuous for months. It's yeah. basically uh, an ongoing uh, thing in this country. There's no day without load sharing. Uh, so, yeah, but I'll say, like, yeah, people do step up. People do, do do things that are amazing in this country sometimes.
1: Yes, they do. It's a shame that the really good people in this country, your country or other, are being let down. I mean, I saw that Richard Quest has arrived, you know, the CNN business presenter. He was tweeting that it just arrived and this and that. And there was hundreds and hundreds of uh, responses to that. I went down the trail and all but about 2 3% were very, very positive. Welcome to our beautiful country. We hope you have a great stay and all that sort of thing. So the goodness is there. The will is there. It's just the leadership that's not, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So simple no, as there's that.
2: There's no will on their part either. No. There's, no. there's no willingness. And, you know, you were you were laughing about the, the cabinet. I mean, we were joking. But it's, this is, these are the same people that have been recycled since 1994. I think we lost a lot of good people along the way but it's the same characters that we expect to do something you know they're not going to do it and the strange thing is that i must say that in our our ward here where where i am living here uh we had some we've got some wonderful people there that are part of the da who are trying to make a concerted effort to improve lives you know looking at the potholes and all and and what do you get in joburg you know they replace the mayor the da mayor who was genuinely trying to do things um, with some political chap. I don't know who he is, you know, which is um ANC which is ANC kind of inspired. So they take control again and you know that you're gonna get nowhere. And 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 you know, the story's coming from Cape Town, from people who've been in Cape Town, you know, where things are working. And luckily I think that's where Richard is, if he is down at the uh at the mining in Darba you know, he might see a completely different part of the country to what's happening here in Gauteng, where there is a genuine effort to clean up things and to fix the potholes and and to try to get some civil order um, in the city. Quite right. As
1: the corporate news is um, fairly skinny today, we can be justified in talking about politics. And if we go over to the United States of America, in the early hours of this morning, President Joe Biden will be delivering his first State of the Union address. Now that's going to be interesting because the economy will form the biggest chunk of that, I think, and he will be defending his economic record. Now I saw on CNN today that I think the figure was something like 62% of people think that the economy is under pressure, it's been mismanaged by Biden, or whatever the metrics were. But anyway, this chap came on and he said, this is nonsense. The economy is doing fine. It's, it's chugging along nicely. We've got growth. We've got a 50-year low unemployment. A new 500,000 jobs were created in the month of January. What happens is, in my opinion, and he didn't put this forward, it's something that I tried to work out in my brain. Why are people saying that the economy is under pressure? Because at the moment, it's not. Now, I think what people do is they take their own personal situation and say, mm. my goods basket has gone up by you know, 7 8% in the last year. They use that as a barometer for the economy, which, of course, it's not. Food baskets worldwide have gone up. It's nothing to do with Biden, the fact that inflation is going up. It's nothing to do with the Fed. The Fed are raising rates and they can't control it at the moment. I think they are fed this by the media and uh, they, they don't understand. So it's an unfair question, I think, David.
2: Uh, you, you've touched it. You've touched on the two factors. Number one, you know, uh, their food basket or whatever basket has gone up, and the other is interest rates have gone up. So they feel it. But, I mean, America is in, is in very good shape uh, under the circumstances. I think, uh, uh, as you say, empl- unemployment rate down to 3.4%. You want a job, you can get one. Uh, and it's a fairly decent paid job as well. Um, but I think people just, you know, by nature, I think they will moan if if uh, they have to pay more for their bond or they have to pay more for whatever loans they have taken out on their credit card and so on. But I don't think I think I think uh, compared with other countries, I think America is in, you know, absolutely fine shape. So yes. I don't I don't think that's fair. And listen, you know, you hear it every day. It's just I mean, there's nonstop moaning and groaning, and I mean. You know, uh, our job has become so boring. It's just so tediously (laughs) boring. You know, just just sitting here and listening to them discuss, you know, two points on the 10-year bond or or decimal points and so on. So, I I mean, it's – can just drive you demented it's I'd rather have chinese drip torture than have to listen to bloomberg's all day you, know?
1: well, you don't have to listen so- just just turn it off you know <laughs> t- take a break occasionally viv are you uh, are you are you bored with this do you agree with david's assessment of the us economy
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, look. I mean, the, the, the thing is that if people were happy about the U.S. economy, guess what they'd be asking for wage increases, mm. and then you'd have inflation come back as a problem. So, I, look, the other things that Biden hasn't done that it, that 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 are important. I mean, uh, I talk about the incompetent cabinet. Uh, that Pete Buttigieg guy apparently has made a total disaster of the transport department. Uh, you know, you, you've had these plane issues, you've had truck issues, you've had shipping issues through this whole you know term here, and that's been a big problem. Uh, and I think that's that's the kind of stuff that's making the U.S. feel kind of off. The news events, of course, obviously make it feel a bit off. But you're right. The actual economy itself, if you look at it in terms of unemployment, you look at it in terms of, uh, you know, towards growth, you look at it, even inflation coming down from the, from the highs, I just think that the general malaise, the problem is that as soon as that, that turns around and we start feeling optimistic, you're going to find, you know, people are, we're going to ask for higher wage increases, it doesn't bring inflation back in, and it'll cause its own sort of troubles at, at the moment here. So that's the weird paradox, I think, of the US, or uh, the Catch-22 uh, economy at the moment.
1: Okay, gentlemen, we have to look at the markets, and I'll start with the with the currencies where the yeah the rand hasn't had a great week has it dollar rand is 1765 that's a rise in the us dollar of 1 and a quarter percent british pound against the rand is 2115 the pound 3 quarters of a percent better against the local currency the euro rand is um, doing the worst off but it's still up against the rand by 0.2% 1885 that exchange rate euro dollar 10675 the euro 1.1% up in the last 24 hours and the the British pound has broken down through 120, yeah. 80. yeah, that's the first time for quite a while. Commodities: gold down seven with the strong dollar. 1868. The platinum price down $32 an ounce to 973, down 3.2%. And palladium is 1636, going in the other direction, up nearly six percent on the day. Let's get David really, really bored and frustrated now because I'm gonna tell him about the US drip 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 ten year bond deal. Oh no, that was the Chinese torture. He says that, you know, the incredible detail that Bloomberg goes into because of two basis points on the US ten year. Well, let me tell you something, David Shapiro. 3.64% today, which is point zero zero eight of a point up for the US ten year. You wish it was two two points. The South African 10-year is 9.76%, which is six basis points higher. West Texas crude, $75.48, up 1.8%. Brent crude oil, $82.16, which is up 1.5%. Natural gas prices are flying today, up nearly 5%. Uh, Gasoline at 1.1%. Copper has fallen. No, nothing else of note. So I'll go straight to S&P 500 futures which uh, tried to muster a little bit of a rally earlier on, but now has fallen, not in a heap, but it's certainly uh, given up the ghost, down a third of a percent to 4,110. And Bitcoin, for those that watch it, 22,964, which is up half a percent. I'm going to go straight now to the movers on the JSC, but I invite you, David, to say whatever you were going to say and also give me your movers on the JSC today, the ones that caught your eye.
2: No, I, I, I think, I think it's uh, if it's not the bond market, I think what what really drives me insane is that every day there's got to be a new Fed governor that talks, and the market holds it. Breath until one of these chaps talk or, or one of these uh, women talk, and so we go from bumbling, from bumbling, from one fit speak to the next. You know, and I said, oh, it's so boring. You know, <laughs> there, there's nothing that drives market. I, I love to know that there's a new company or there's a deal being done, there's a new product. I mean, the best news was was Google joining. I mean, uh, releasing the Bard. You know. In competition to Microsoft's, yeah. or what's it, uh, chat box. Hey, you oh, know, those uh, are the stories that you want to hear.
1: Viv loves this story. Of, uh, Viv has been go, go, so go. excited about Chat GPT. Uh, I'm
0: actually thinking the opposite here because look, uh, the, the history of this thing was what happened. I think in 2013, mm-hmm. Microsoft uh, or so Google bought a thing called DeepMind, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, listen to what people like, you know, uh, Peter Thiel was saying. They said this is like a company getting too much power because DeepMind is the the most, but the, the best. It's it's the gold standard when it comes to these AI companies. And since then, uh, Google slash Alphabet has been incredibly Careful with, with DeepMind. It's basically uh, released stuff that's unbelievably beneficial to the world. Things like the AlphaFold, which does protein; it does AlphaTensor or Tensor. It's a tensor program that basically does uh, linear algebra in a better way. Uh, it uh, released obviously things like the the games programs and so on. But it's been very careful about what it releases. But it has been releasing basically everything. Open AI, the thing that Microsoft bought, was actually created about a year after uh, this, this purchase by Elon Musk and a bunch of other guys because they said there had to be some like, open AI system to compete against this uh, Google system. Uh, and the fact that it's now converted from an NGO into a private company owned by Microsoft has kind of forced Google's hand. And so Google is coming out now and releasing Bard in a way uh, basically that's uh, – probably against the way it wanted to. Uh, what we're gonna have now is an AI, you know, uh, arms race, quite frankly. And whereas Google, because it had such a massive lead, it was so far advanced, was very careful about what it did. Yeah. I think you're going to see these guys be a lot more, you know, uh, reckless in terms of, you know, Invertecom comes reckless in terms of how they use AI and the things they can do. And, of course, I mean, I'm not out there talking about artificial general intelligence taking over the world, literally. Uh, but I do think that some of the stuff that these things can do, especially around, for instance, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the chat stuff can be incredibly powerful because it kind of, you know, you would have all the social media platforms, Facebook, uh, you know, Twitter and so on. They could easily be swamped by what's happening with regards to this because you could now create a a bunch of bots with no effort at all, making cogent arguments for any political position in the world, and you could swamp any of these places and any language in the world incredibly enough. It is amazing, Viv.
1: (laughs) We haven't got time to discuss this now, but I'd love to delve into it more deeply because I don't fully understand it. But what I do understand is one of the reasons that Google has fast-tracked Barred, is fast-tracking BARD, is because they say that it could completely destroy their business model. In other words, you don't search Google anymore because you can go to ChatGPT mm. or whatever it's called and type yeah. something in it. It gives you a much more detailed analysis of the subject matter that you've just typed in. So it's it's very, very scary for Google. No wonder they've suddenly started to unveil it. Gentlemen, I'm going to go to the top five major moves. But Viv, I promise you I'd love to speak more about it. Top five what? major moves on the upside on the JSE Harmony 4.9 percent african rainbow minerals 4.2 percent northern platinum up three and three quarters kumba iron ore up three and two thirds drd gold up three and two thirds so loving the mining in Darba and loving the weak rand and every single one of the top five on my screen is a digger on the downside yeah sassel down nearly seven percent bites down five and a half percent alpha min down four and a half 91 limited down two and three quarters coronation managers down two and two-thirds percent. David, wrap up the JSC indices, please.
2: I will do that. Thank um, you. And just just, people, just one share that's been going on. Yeah. I mean, it's almost up 50% has been PPC, and I see it's up another 20% today. Uh, um, there was a bid, apparently, uh, rumors of a bid for the Zimbabwean operation, which they said, look, we have to look at everybody. We get a lot of unsolicited reports but i mean it's just one of these businesses i see they top of the list again today up twenty percent but just back nice. to the indices yeah. we we ended flat very very slightly down the all share down forty nine points which is point north six percent at seven nine five thirty four as you mentioned the diggers were up the miners were up um, I think a lot has to do with the mining in Darber and talks made there. So the resource index, the resource 10 up 0.68 of a percent. The rest of the market down, nothing dramatic, but uh, financials, banks, all of those are ending in the red, driven by some of the features that you brought up there. Just the one area that has been taking a bit of a knock recently has been the retailers. And once again, I think under a bit of pressure today. You know, Fashini I see down. I'm just trying to think Woolies are down. Most of the retailers, um, you know, falling today. Yeah, right across the board, other than buy and Pick and Pay, which made small moves.
1: Okay, gentlemen, thanks for a great chat, as always. That was the Five O'Clock shadow, and it was populated by David Shapiro from Sesame Securities and also Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position